Good morning, everybody. Keep saying hello. That's a good thing. Well, my name is Gay. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is really good to have you with us this morning. Our men's retreat is happening as we speak. They are an hour and a half away having their own church service, so we're a little light on some of the guys this morning, so thank you for being here. Um, we are in the second week of a mini-series on the spiritual gifts, and we had a series called Empowered that went through Pentecost Sunday, and what we did in that series was talk about growing our relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we thought it would be good now to talk a little more specifically about ways we can partner with the Holy Spirit. So last week, Pete kicked off this series, and he talked about one of the more difficult, sorry, I might have this a little too close to my face. He talked about one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's a little harder to talk about. He talked about the gift of tongues. Today, I'm going to be talking about the gifts of knowledge and wisdom. And next week, Justin will be preaching, and he's going to talk about what some people call the power gifts, miracles and healing and faith. So we're going to try to touch on all the gifts a little bit because we want to encourage you, as Paul does, to desire these gifts. So what I want to do today, I want to kick off just reviewing a little bit of the basics about spiritual gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this will just help us know why we are even talking about these, what their purpose is, and encourage you in um, thinking about how you might move in some of these gifts. So let's read this passage in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what Paul is doing in this passage is he is actually pastoring the church in Corinth. They have been asking him questions about the spiritual gifts, these special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to those of us who follow Jesus. And in these first three verses, he's really saying that the Spirit is the one who gives the gifts, and they only come by the Holy Spirit. Now, the word for gifts in the original Greek language is the same word as grace. So think a little bit about what you know about the grace of God. Can you earn it? No. Good, good. Gold star for Kim. You can't earn it. It's free. It is given out of love for us and love for the world. And so the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I like to think of them as just little droplets of grace that we are given when we need them. And if it's a free gift, we get to receive, but then we are vessels of Jesus, and we are asked to give those away as we receive them. So let's continue reading in verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
So these verses remind us that even though there are a variety of gifts, the source of the gifts is the Holy Spirit. The same source gives the gifts to all of us. This, there's a variety, but there's unity of purpose. So the same God that graces us with these gifts unites us in his spirit as we serve and love those that are both outside the body of Christ in the world and those friends that we are sitting with this morning. Now, why is this important? It's important because if you heard Pete's message last week, he talked about this, that sometimes, and in the church in Corinth, people were starting to rank the gifts and determine that, hey, I'm better than you because I do this, and, you know, I have a more superior gift to you. And that's sort of humanity, right? Anybody ever ranked stuff like that because we're human beings and Sometimes we do those things. But God's point and Paul's point in helping the Corinthian church is to say, no, these gifts are all given for the same purpose. They're to help each other, to build people up, to encourage the church. And so we aren't to be saying, my gift's better than your gift, because it's not. All the gifts are grace given to us by God to help someone else. Now next, Paul gives us an outline of some of the gifts of the Spirit, beginning in verse 8. He says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. So here we see the variety of gifts that are available for the, to us. This is not an exhaustive list, but in this passage, we see a variety of gifts. And as God chooses to grace us with them when we need them, our job is to use them. And so this morning, I want to focus on the two gifts that are mentioned in verse 8, which are wisdom and knowledge. So the New International Version phrases it this way, that we are given a message of wisdom or a message of knowledge. And then the New King James Version uses the phrase word of wisdom or word of knowledge. The last phrasing is what I sort of grew up knowing a little more about if you've or older like me and maybe have been around charismatic circles a little bit, you'd hear that phrase like somebody gave me a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. But let's talk about what these gifts are. And we're going to look at knowledge first. So here is my working definition of a word of knowledge this morning. It's a specific piece of information that God reveals to you. This information is something for the present time or it might deal with something in the past, but the important part is it's something you did not know with your own intellect. It's something that is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take you back. If you were here a few weeks ago, I was preaching in the Empowered series about the prayer, Come Holy Spirit. And I shared a story about something uh, that happened to me when I was in college where I encountered the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version because it sort of walks you through uh, these two gifts. So it was a Friday night, and I was in my college uh, 
area that I lived in, and nobody else was there that weekend. I was in the bathroom. I was praying, and I was crying out to God, and I was praying in English, and I was praying in tongues, and I really felt the presence of God and encountered the Holy Spirit because I was really desperate to receive some help about some things going on in my life. And so I, I did that, and I thought that was a great gift, but the real life-changing part happened a week later. So if you remember the story, I normally was at a small group on Friday nights, but I hadn't been there that week. So when I went the following week, when it was time to pray for each other, someone came up to me and said, I think God wants to say something to you. Can I share something with you? And that's when that person recounted the exact scene of what happened the week before and said, God saw you a week ago on Friday in your bathroom crying out to him. And that's sort of when the Twilight Zone music plays at that moment. And so, friends, that's a word of knowledge. This given by the Holy Spirit to a somewhat normal person, right? Or if any of us are normal, um, who took a risk to share it with me. He had no way, he was not in the bathroom with me, he had no way to know this, but God, through the Holy Spirit, revealed that to him, and he shared it with me. So if, as the scriptures say, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to help strengthen and encourage people, it worked. He shared that word of knowledge, and in that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was real. Now, I believed God was real, I professed God was real, I served God, but you know, sometimes you just need this assurance and affirmation, and it was like a knowing, like, wow, God sees me and loves me and cares for me. So that person had to receive that word, however he receives words, he had to risk something, right? I mean, how many of you want to walk up to somebody this morning and say, God saw you in your bathroom last Friday night? Well, might be a little tricky, right? But he took a risk. He had faith that this was important to share with me and asked if he could do that. And it really blessed me. I'm going to talk about it a little more in a minute when we get to wisdom, but that's where I'm going to leave it for now. So I knew in that moment I was loved. I knew the gifts of the Holy Spirit were active for right now, this day and age, and what I knew in my head became an experience that gave me assurance that I needed in that moment. So let's take a look at some scriptural examples of this gift, and we're going to look at a couple of examples uh, with Jesus. And in John chapter 1, we read about Jesus calling his first disciples. And Philip was one of those disciples that he called. And Philip was so excited about having met Jesus and believing he was the Messiah that had been promised that he wanted to go tell his friend Nathaniel about this. And so he went looking for Nathaniel so he could give him this good news. And let's pick up in verse 45 and see what happened. So Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? You could replace whatever state that might border us that you want to you know, add in there. 
And Philip said, come and see for yourself. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. So Jesus told Nathanael things that he could not have known with his intellect on a natural level. Jesus was given grace to see with spiritual eyes where Nathanael was sitting and a knowledge that was not gathered through personal knowledge. And that's pretty cool, right? That's, it's a really great example of being able to listen to the Holy Spirit, to share something that causes someone to believe. And what was the result of what Jesus shared? Nathaniel believed and followed Jesus. Jesus also used the gift of knowledge when he met the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus and his disciples stopped for water at a well in Samaria. Now, the Jews and the Samaritans did not like one another. They did not have the same religious beliefs. They did not hang out together, and they rarely spoke to one another. But Jesus sees this woman, and she's drawing water, and he asks her for a drink. And she's taking, taken aback, wondering, why is this Jewish man talking to me, a Samaritan woman? And they have an exchange, and they talk about the Messiah that's promised. And Jesus is telling her, he says, I am the Messiah. And you are giving me physical water, but I have living water to give you. And as they converse, she wants to go and tell the others in her village. And so let's pick up with what Jesus says to her in John 4, 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband, Jesus said. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Now, again, how many of you want to go up to somebody this morning and say, the per <laughs> this is not your husband, but we're, we're not going to do that. But Jesus had knowledge that was helpful for her to know that this was the promised Messiah. The Samaritans believed in the same prophecies as the Jewish people, but they thought it was going to happen a little differently, and so they were always divided in their belief. She knew in that moment she had met the promised Messiah. That was the outcome of that word of knowledge. The woman believed. She told everyone in the village, and they came to meet Jesus. And so that word of knowledge led to bridge building across racial and ethnic hatred, religious beliefs that were not the same, and it brought more people to know Jesus. Also a pretty cool, cool result. So practically speaking, we are not Jesus, right? No one thinks they're Jesus this morning. We have the same Holy Spirit living in us that gives us gifts like this word of knowledge. But what does that look like for a human being, you know, a practical person to, to receive a word of knowledge? Now, I'm going to share with you four ways that I have experienced receiving a word like this 
any number of people might have different ways that it happens for them. Or you may not have experienced it at all. But I want to try to let you know the, the practical way it works for me because I'm a pretty normal pretty normal human being, and I try to have my ears open to hear what the Holy Spirit might be saying. So there are four things, and they just use my normal senses typically. The first I call seeing. So you might get a mental picture of something that the Holy Spirit is, is showing you. So an example might be, I might see a picture of a knee, and then, if I'm listening, I have two options at that point. I see this picture, and I might say, uh-uh, don't, don't want to go there. Or I might have an open heart and open ears at that moment to say, what are you saying, Lord? Is there something more? And I might have an impression that somebody has a knee problem here, and, and God would like to maybe do something about that. So it's an invitation for me to have faith, to take a risk, to say it, and invite somebody to get prayer. And that's when another gift might become operational, healing or miracles. And maybe it won't be me that does the praying. Maybe I just share the word of knowledge and somebody else does the praying. We are a body with many parts, many gifts, and we all can be used in this way. The second way, I might get a feeling, like a physical feeling in my body. Um, I have had this experience where I suddenly feel pain in a part of my body that I didn't have a minute ago. And then if I'm listening, I might sense the Holy Spirit is nudging me that this is an invitation for someone to be prayed for. Again, so maybe they can receive healing or help of some kind. Now, you know, the older I get, the harder it might be to differentiate a pain <laughs> I don't know. You might have. Like, I, got, I got enough pain. So, I, you know, I have to always just, all of the gifts of the Spirit, anytime we pray for someone, everything needs to be done with humility. I don't see perfectly. I don't hear perfectly. I will ask the Lord, could you confirm that? Could you give me more? And I will honestly say I don't always, I don't always share what I'm hearing. And that's okay. God is powerful enough to work with someone if I, if I don't share it. But what I have to do is just know that I might have something, I might not, and I want to present that always with humility. And then hearing. Sometimes you just might sort of hear something in your, in your mind that is, you know, maybe for a specific person or for the body as, as, at large. And again, the invitation is that these are revelatory gifts and they, they have to be spoken in order for someone to know that God is maybe wanting to meet them in the moment. The last one is sort of how I mostly end up receiving a word of knowledge, and I call it reading because, I don't know, I'm a word person. And this is usually in a situation where maybe you come up to get prayer and I'm praying for people that morning. Um, I will sometimes just see like a banner, like a word over top of someone's head or on their forehead. And maybe I'm praying and I, I see the word fear. And that gives me an invitation to say, hey, I feel like God might be showing me this word fear above your head. Does that mean anything to you? Are you struggling with fear in your life about something? If so, then they will tell me. And that gives me something more specific to pray. So I just want to encourage you that 
you know, those are just some ways people might receive a word of knowledge. And there's always a risk in choosing to share it. And that's why I say you do it with humility because we do not see perfectly yet. We don't hear perfectly yet. But we want to desire to let the Holy Spirit move through us and use us. And the real foundation of this is believing that God has good gifts for all of us. And he might want to use me today to share something that would be a gift for you. He might want to use you to share something with me that would be a gift for me. And even if it's a difficult thing to share, the bottom line is believing that God has good gifts for his people. And it requires faith for us to step out and risk. So that's knowledge. And along with that gift, Paul also talks about wisdom in verse 8 as one of those graces that he gives us from the Holy Spirit. Now, wisdom is not the same as knowledge. The gift of the word of wisdom, I believe, is the application of knowledge. So while we're all told as Christians to ask God for wisdom and he will freely give it, I do believe there's a special grace or word of wisdom that can come to us in a moment when we are praying with someone or need to share something with someone. Wisdom, I believe, is applying knowledge with skill. So if we receive a word of knowledge, wisdom is often a great thing to ask God for in that moment because there might be some more that will help that person apply that word of knowledge. The word of wisdom enables us to um, share all the other gifts well. And I think that might be why it's listed first. For example, you might have a word of prophecy or knowledge or faith or healing, but it's really helpful if you have the wisdom to deliver that in a way that actually has some impact for the person. And that's where wisdom can come in. So let's go back to my story I was sharing um, and we had talked about that when that man described exactly what happened in my bathroom the week before, that was a word of knowledge, something he didn't know. But when he was done saying that, he, he continued. And he said, God wants you to know he is pleased with you. He heard the cries of your heart. He wants you to know that he loves you and takes care of you. You are not alone. And then he ended with this. Keep coming to me with your whole heart. God desires for you to come to him with your whole heart, everything going on in your life. So he shared a word of knowledge. Then he shared some assurances that were a message from God. I believe that was prophecy. And then he gave me some direction that God is saying, come to him like that all the time with everything in your life. And I believe that was wisdom for the moment, to help me take that word of knowledge that had already, you know, given me goosebumps, share the why. God loves me. He cares for me. He's with me. I'm not alone. Do this all the time because I love meeting with you and I love hearing the cries of your heart. And to me, that was wisdom, instruction. So let's look at a couple of examples of word of wisdom in Scripture. There's a really good Old Testament story about Solomon and having great wisdom to bring justice to a tricky situation. And so there, is, there are two women before Solomon, and he is being asked to decide about who is the real mother of a child. 
There's a situation where in the night, one mother's child died, and there's a living child. Both women are claiming the living child is theirs, and the dead child is the other's. So let's read what Solomon did in 1 Kings chapter 3. It says, Then the king said, Let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved the child very much cried out, oh no, my lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, all right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live for she is his mother. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. So a word of wisdom given by God in the moment can bring, can settle disputes. It can bring justice to a situation. Solomon was given, given divine wisdom. And what was the result? The people of Israel saw that God's wisdom was in Solomon and that that wisdom was good. Now in the New Testament, think about the time when Peter, James, and John were called out of their fishing business to follow Jesus. This is in Luke chapter 5. They had fished all night and caught nothing. And in the morning after the best time for fishing was over, Jesus shows up. And he borrows another boat, and he goes out on the water, and he's preaching to the people that are on the shore. And when he's done, this is what happens, starting in verse 4 of Luke 5. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus had wisdom. That wisdom led to a miracle about fish. And what was the result? Peter, John, and James left everything to follow Jesus. Now, you, have may, you may have noticed that after each scriptural example, I have asked a question. What was the outcome? What was the result? Because, friends, there's always a purpose for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're to help people, to build them up, to turn people to Jesus for the first time or back to Jesus when they have left him. They are to help heal, restore, and reconcile people relationships, churches, and nations. A word of wisdom 
can do all of this. We need the word of wisdom in our lives as we seek to fulfill the purposes of God and to lead others into all the good stuff God has for them. So let's partner with the Holy Spirit and allow God to share wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding that will tremendously help others. I love what David Pitches says. David was an Anglican bishop in the UK and was part of a move of the Holy Spirit that connected him actually to the vineyard churches here in America. And here's what he says about the word of wisdom. The gift of word of wisdom is the special ability that God gives to members of the body of Christ to receive insight on how a given revelation, like a word of knowledge, might best be applied to a specific situation or need arising in the body of Christ, or how a given situation or need is to be restored, helped, or healed. Restored, helped, or healed. That's what a word of wisdom can do. That's what all the gifts of the Holy Spirit can do. Do you want to be used to help and heal and restore people, churches, maybe even nations? As followers of Christ, these gifts are God's graces for us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. The reason love and these special abilities are uh, connected is because it is out of love that we want to be able to do and say and pray the things that will most help people. That is out of God's love for us and our love for the world. God gives us these gifts because he loves us. God loves you, all of you this morning. He loves you so much that he's going to use other people that are willing to take a step of faith to share something with you that may encourage you, help you hold on in a moment when you don't feel like holding on, to bring you information that will help grow your faith or have that assurance like that word of knowledge gave me that, okay, I've said this is real, but now I know it's real. But you know what? We are the vessels that God wants to use to do this. When we follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us and God graces us with these gifts for others. I want love to be my highest goal. How about you? I still have work to do. But I also want to desire the gifts that the Holy Spirit has that allows me to love others through me. The gifts of knowledge and wisdom and all the variety of gifts available are our power tools to see this change happen. So let's earnestly desire them together and step out in faith, take a risk, and use them as God speaks to us. I want to invite the worship team to come back up right now. And if you are able, would you stand with me? I also want to invite those who are trained to pray to come up front. We might be a little light on prayers this morning, so if that's you, I'd sure appreciate it. I have three tips to leave with you this morning, some of which you can do right now, which is always good to get your homework over with early. Uh, 
and, uh, and it's also meant for you to take this into your week with you. But I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12 this week. Um, read what Paul says about the gifts, why they're available, and um, ask Jesus in, to show you and give you and speak to you words that might be helpful for others. And that is the pray. And I'm going to encourage you as we worship in just a minute that this is an opportunity to just worship God, ask if there's something God might want to speak to you right now for somebody else in the room today. Ask him for knowledge and wisdom that will lead somebody to a better place in their life, in their faith, in their relationships. And then your do today is take a risk. Share that word you might get that you think you're hearing from God with someone either today in this room. I'm giving you permission to do that. I'm asking you if you get something to do it with humility. Our prayer team people, if you get anything, Feel free to chat with whoever you might be sensing that word is for, but do it with humility. Hey, I'm taking a risk. I think God might be saying this. Can I share it with you? And if you don't have anything today, I encourage you to throughout the week, just ask God to let you be the vessel of the Holy Spirit in your everyday, ordinary life. I'm going to, we're going to respond to God now in worship and communion and prayer. And this is where you get to worship the creator. You get to receive what you need from Jesus at the Lord's table. And you can get prayer as well from one of our prayer team members. Um, as I was praying on Thursday when I wrote this message, I did feel like God gave me a picture that I'd like to share with you. And if it resonates, it might be something you want to get prayer about or just talk to God about as you worship. So I had a picture of someone sitting in front of a beautifully wrapped present. I love beautiful presents like you see in magazines for Christmas, you know. And it's so beautiful. And the person is standing back from the gift and just looking at it and admiring it and longing for it. But it's just like too good to go and get so they're not opening it. And I said, God, what, what are you showing me here? And I, I felt like this was an invitation to all of us today. I feel like God is inviting us to not just hear about the gifts or learn about the gifts or watch others use the gifts on our behalf, but to actually open the gift today. And I believe the gift is two things, as I've prayed during first service. I thought there's two things this gift could be. One, you know, we need to have a relationship with Jesus for the Holy Spirit to be dwelling inside of us. And there is a gift that God gave, and that is his son, Jesus. And if you want to open the gift of Jesus today, he will meet you. He will rescue you. He will forgive you, and he will set your life on a new path. And so there's an invitation for you to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm going to open this gift of new life today. And any of these folks up front or myself would love to just pray with you or talk to you about that if you want to open the gift of Jesus today. 
The second thing, the more obvious picture of that gift, I believe, were the gifts of the Spirit. And that maybe you've been looking and listening and thinking that's just for those, like, mature Christians. Um, that's just for, you know, the people that have followed Jesus for a whole lot more years than me. But that's not true. That gift is for you because as a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you and has grace and droplets of grace that are gifts for you to share. So as you worship today, I'm going to pray for us, but I encourage you to say yes this morning. Say yes to opening the gift of Jesus for the first time in your life. Say yes to the Holy Spirit that you want to desire the gifts that he has for us to use in the world. So let's pray. Lord, I am so grateful that you gave me the gift of your son, Jesus, to rescue me and save me, to change my life to a different path, to restore me and help me and heal me. And Lord, your Holy Spirit who lives inside those of us who follow Jesus, Lord, sometimes opening your gifts can seem a little scary and we stand far away. And Lord, I'm asking today that you will open our hearts and our hands to say, yes, I want your gifts. I want to experience them. I want to use them. I want to love people by listening for your voice and taking a step of faith to share what I hear. So Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us this morning? Would you come and would you give us gifts that will minister and help and heal people in this room this very day? In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to worship together, take communion. The team will dismiss us when the service is over.